Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Um, I, I love what you said about visions and, you know, being open to th- them changing and not regretting on something not happening and seeing what your initial vision can be fixed into your current situation and how you can still solve the problem, but, you know, targeting a different way of doing it. Um, anyway, so, um, you, you mentioned that you, you had to find your find for yourself when you're doing your your university education, both your masters and your P uh, and your uh, bachelor's. Of which the bachelor's, I think, was more of a struggle when it comes came to finances. And I, I'm just curious, what did, what were you teaching when you were teaching, and uh, how has you, the businesses that you're doing to survive, the things that you're selling, how have they influenced your current career, and do you think? They were an integral part of you growing into where you went to want to go to. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, I will say above anything beyond anything else that I've ever done to raise money. Um, teaching the teaching. Uh, really influenced my life a lot. Um, I was teaching a secluded group of children in the Lawayo community house at Mast, and I was teaching math and science to like ordinary level students. These were Carla children um, um, and Muslims and Hindus. Uh, some of them were Indians. And they couldn't fit into mainstream schools because of how their beliefs and um, religious um, dispositions did not allow them or restricted them from entering the Zimbabwean systems. So, in a way, I felt for them because they did not belong, just like I didn't. Um... And we had so much fun together. Um, many teachers, many schools do not want those children in their schools because they were difficult to handle. If it's the colored children, they're known for being very liberal. They, they, they do what they want. They say what they want. And I felt like they were greatly misunderstood. They were treated on the basis of stereotypes. Majority of those children were wonderful children. And, Whilst they behaved like they were uncontrollable, right, um, initially, when you got to understand the circumstances and got to talk to them and showed them that you believed in them, that you, you cared, 
that she wanted to see them succeed because wherever they had been, they'd been treated like misfits. They were treated like they were hopeless. They were treated like they were just druggies. <laughs> so I think they gave up. And to see a young child like that have given up and not have hope and just don't not care, it was it was quite sad for me. And I did my utmost best. I remember the excitement when I started seeing them putting more effort. I would bring up initiatives like, if you pass my my Friday test, I'm going to buy you a burger or something. And it worked. <laughs> they just wanted somebody who cared, right? And that experience was very wholesome for me. It's something that carried me through that time. To have people that look up to you, and people who think you're awesome. <laughs> they didn't know that I was in a space where I, I was not even happy with my own life. But I, I made them understand and believe that they could. Because even that university, whilst I wasn't doing a degree that I didn't enjoy, for them, that was a great achievement. And they saw me and they were like, we want to be like Miss B. They called me Miss B then. And they would work so hard and they would be so excited to... For that test, <laughs> I've never seen anybody be so excited about a Friday test, but because there was a burger and just that proud moment where you get that burger in front of everybody and you're the one who did the best. It was a life-changing moment for me um, because I, I saw people who were vulnerable, who were just like me, uh, who didn't know that I was just like them. And I had the opportunity to encourage them. I had the opportunity to teach them about life, to just share my experiences and to tell them that it's not. Don't take what you have been defined as to be what what you are. You are not that. You define yourself. And in between that myth and science, right, um... We got to talk, we got to encourage each other, we got to feel like a family way outside. They felt like they were different, everybody looks at them weird. In this space, they were home. They enjoyed coming to school. And for me, that's, uh, it made me realize that I could be anything. Whilst I was explaining to those children, it also echoed inside me, right? And whilst I saw them bloom from being these children who were smoking cigarettes in class to being very focused and hardworking young people who then went on to go to university when they were not expected to do those things, it's it's reinforced that belief in me as well, right? It helped them more than they will ever know, more than those kids will ever know. It helped me to understand that it's your perspective of yourself that shapes who you are. If you really believe you're not going to make it, you will not. Right. Um, and making it is, is not one shape or form, right? Most of them thought making it is, is becoming the doctor or the pharmacist. Most of them thought making it, some of them were, were really not great at academics, but because we had so many extracurricular activities, they got an opportunity to thrive, to try out the things that they could do, things that they enjoy, like 
And that was a learning point for me. Whilst I was their teacher, I learned a lot uh, about life through them. And I think that has been the same attitude that I've carried forward. Uh, when you asked me, <laughs> when you asked me why I said yes to this podcast, Sarah, I told you I never say no. Right. Um, because I, I, I've realized that self-limiting is the biggest, biggest challenge. Self-sabotaging overthinking, you know, uh, analysis, paralysis, all those things, they're things that inhibit us. And from those experiences with those children, seeing them defy their own odds, I have taught myself, and with every experience that I've had of my, in my own life, that, 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 uh, you know, confirms and assess the same fact over and over again. Try, believe, tell yourself you can do it, right? I have carried forward that same philosophy. I do not let go of an opportunity, right? Unless I try and I fail and I really see that I failed, right? Um, I will apply for everything I will take on anything. If it's an offer, I will try and fail first, right? So, in even now, the field that I am in, right, it's dominated by pharmacists. I didn't do pharmacy. I did biochemistry. And a lot of the opportunities that come up, they say, we need you to have a pharmacy as an undergraduate degree. I don't have that. But now, in the space that I am, I don't care. I simply do not. Uh, if anything, this difference, this thing that I am, is what's going to distinguish me. Those children being colored, Hindu, Indian, is what distinguished them and what distinguishes them even more. And they should build on that and take advantage of that. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm doing even now. Being a woman in corporate is not easy. It's not normal, right? It will draw attention. I will use that attention for my benefit. So um, I've done so many side hustles. I've sold the fuse, um, which made me to be confident to approach anyone and everyone. I'm not scared of anyone um, in a good way, not in a disrespectful way. But there's nobody that I will not approach for an opportunity that I feel I want. Uh, and that has brought me so many great connections. That has brought me so many great mentors. Uh, because <laughs> through selling, I, I ended up selling to half of my uh, what department's lecturers. They now had their perfumes from me. One's a famous company. But it would puzzle other students. How did you talk to that lecturer? It's so scary. That professor is so scary. How did you even talk about perfumes with him? But if anything, that has taught me in life that most of the people that we do not approach, most of the people that we're scared of, they're so easygoing. And... Even in my professional life, I've realized that when you approach somebody 
uh, no offense, but when you approach somebody of a lower rank for one opportunity or for help, you're most not you're most likely not going to get that help as compared to when you approach somebody who is in the highest rank in that same area. Right. Because normally people in lower ranks as we are, we are timid, we are scared, we are not confident in our own capacity, in our own capabilities. But person who is in that office who has already seen everything and knows it all, they are more understanding. They are more confident. They are more willing to help. They have the resources to help. But we are so timid, we are so scared. So I think that's... I have to get it attitude that I have to make that happen attitude is 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 even what makes me so confident even now. I have no idea up to now how I'm going to get where I'm going to get. I don't know how I'm going to get anybody to invest in bringing biological manufacturing into Africa, let alone Zimbabwe. But I dare to dream it. Simply because I started by daring to sell a perfume <laughs> to a university professor, and it worked. So if it could work, then it's just going to be bigger and more intimidating. But it's the same principle. Ask. When you ask, you have a chance. But when you do not ask, it's an automatic no. So, um, yeah. I think that that experience is molded. And made me a lot of who I am now. When you ask, you have a chance. When you don't ask, it's uh, definite. No, I love that you said that. And uh, mentioning that we don't have most of the time, we don't have confidence to approach people who are higher than us in different um, spectrum in life and uh, I think that contributes to how far we can get and what we can try and I love that you mentioned that and how that kind of small thing that someone would say, you know, selling stuff how it builds your personality your character and how important that is in your in your career right now and your future career um I remember I even wrote about this, uh, where even the smallest exposure in things that we don't see them being applied in other areas, how they influence who we are and what we do in different things. Um, and the importance of, you know, being confident and, um, knowing that you're worthy talking to someone you think they are high up there. I mean, we are all the same. It's just that we have different roles and different capacities and different things. It's not like there's someone who's greater than any other person in the world. And I love that that you're so positive about that um, skill being used to, you know, achieve the dreams that you're having that they seem so impossible, especially in your country. And I love that you also mentioned that aspect. You know, we, we know a lot about Zimbabwe. Okay, we know a lot of, a lot of about it, but at the same time, we don't know much about it. But there's so much, I think, challenges that happen there that are different from other countries. I love, I'm loving the positivity. So, um, I was wondering how your mom being sick, um, 
um I, I don't know. I, I, I was just wondering. I don't know if it's a question. I was just wondering how did you feel at that moment uh, knowing that your mom being in hospital and you taking care of her it's because of you. Like I don't know. I don't know what was going I was just wonder what was going through your mind. Um I don't know, it must be hard. It must be hard for you. Anyway. Um hmm. I love it. You're talking about the corporate science and this is what I, I like about this. It's it's not always about academia. We don't have to if you're in science you don't have to go directly. Like you don't have to be successful or become successful if you're in academia or if you have a PhD as your uh, you know um your mom kind of pushes you to do and I love that you you know what you want and you're strong at it and you've changed from that person who was so much influenced by people's perception about who you're supposed to be and what is supposed to be considered a good thing and now you you kinda you know in, in that space that you can say no to things as much as you you mentioned that you always say yeah you never say no but you can say no to someone um someone you admire, someone you love and tell them, you know, this is what I want and this is where I'm headed and I, I love that. I love that. Um, um, and I think this conversation is important because we need to do science that more science. Yes, this fundamental science is also important. Academic science is also important. But also the corporate business side of science is also important, especially in our infrastructure in Africa, where most of the businesses, of which most businesses, I think if you, if you, if you were to do a study, you'll see the most thriving businesses are in pharmaceuticals right now in the world. Like those, that's where most money is. But in Africa, we, we haven't valued the need first to even fund the research that brings the science, um, products into life, uh, into life and also the importance of also investing in pharmaceutical manufacturing here and how, as much as it's something that, um, which is actually the most important thing, you know, help us, um, as a so problem solver, it is also a very good business idea. And if people were, you know, opened the eyes were opened and uh, they were, you know, exposed more on the need to do such kind of business, then we will be more self sustainable and we'll spend less money when it comes, especially the consumers will spend less money when it comes to medicine as compared to now where we are outsourcing everything. And it's said that yes, you could do a great thing where you. You're the one who's, you know, regulating what kind of medicine comes into your country. But it will be nice if you're also regulating the things that are being manufactured in your own country. And, you know, anyway, I don't know what I'm saying, but there's a lot that I'm learning from this and I'm loving that we're having this conversation. And I don't know, is is there anything that you would like to add to out there that you'd like to say to someone listening to this um and maybe could add if um if having this conversation has 
influenced or on a, had made you what does it make you feel having this conversation thank you sarah um to be honest i'm very excited that i have got a platform to share not just my vision but uh my hope uh, about where we could be in 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 farmer in, in africa right as you rightly said big money is in big farmer right now uh talk of covid farmer has been on the highlight right vaccines this could be our opportunity as africa to 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 wake up to the call of 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 biotechnology is relevant and important in in healthcare but i don't think um anybody's noticed or i don't know maybe they it's i just feel feel like we should we should be it should be more urgent it should be treated with more urgency than we see now right investment towards technology pharmaceutical technology in on this continent right um but i feel like legislatively it's not it's not a priority but what is more important in this world than having our people fed and having our people healthy right what is maybe i'm i'm speaking from a point of view of 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 somebody who has got limited knowledge about politics and all these other things but i would feel those are priorities you know, people have got food that's ultimately the most important if your people are healthy because what economy we are all sickening why what why what economy are you running so i think those are pillars that we should take care about but right now we we are happy that we're getting donations in africa for vaccines we're happy that <laughs> i have maybe import prices are cheaper for some medicines are we not do we not get the memo right that 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 is always what what gets me, gets to me right that's one thing um is somebody in farmer right now who thinks about it then the other thing that I just want to share right it's 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 cliche right everybody talks about it it's everywhere but um to a woman a young woman particularly who's listening to this podcast right now um there was a moment that you said you would love to create a space where you get get men involved we talk about what women want what it is that we really want and how we could get it out how men can help um and you're absolutely right but i also want to say this to you sarah and to that young woman who's listening right now right if you um we're going to take a look at 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 our history uh, feminism advocacy over the years right it has only been um it's only fake 
for us to acknowledge, right? In as much as it's still small and there's a great way to go, we need to fairly acknowledge that if any, if men have been done anything in this fight for bringing women voices out, for bringing seats for women, men have tried. Like they are trying. They can get better. Uh, they have not done everything, but they are trying. Um, legislatively, you know, men have got the political seats. You know, men have got the 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 power and influence right now for the world. But they have sat down and listened to the women and changed the platforms for women. They've set rules where women are supposed to get equal salaries. We have had in my country, they, they, there has been allowances for the girl child to be able to access getting into medicine, getting into pharmacy, getting into any degree with lower points because we understand, the world understands, society now understands that because of simply being a girl, we are at a disadvantage that sometimes makes us not able to, you know, get as many points as guys. Right. But not make, it does not mean that we are not capable. We're less intelligent. It just means that whilst a boy child leaves school, comes home and, and starts to study, I as a girl child may have to leave school, come, start cooking, uh, go and fetch water and do other things before I can study, which automatically may lower my performance. So to increase access to some of these opportunities, Women are allowed to get at, uh, these opportunities. It's a lower entrance expectation than men, right? So those are steps that have been done. But I think more than anything else, the thing that has got, has slowed down progress and movement towards having more women involved is not really permission from men, right? Access, we have it more than any other time in history. Women at this point have got access, right, to those seats, to the podium, to the spotlight we have, right. But how many women, how many young women right now, Sarah, are daring enough to go for it, to, to stop being timid, to believe that this is an opportunity I can take? I believe more than anything and this is where we the society now needs to focus on right the psychology the thought process the the mentality right that is this is that is the monster that has been limiting us right the imposter syndrome you you are given a position in in the company you feel you're not going to do it well and you you probably won't right because you feel you're an imposter um, you have got the same opportunity to ask for pay raise, to ask for, for a what, for a promotion in a company, but you won't because you undermine yourself, right? If there's anything that I'm going to add to this conversation outside of science, right? It's that we should not wait to be given opportunities. This is the time where you grab it, right? This is the time where we stop being afraid. This is the time where 
we 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 gather our courage, we gather our confidence, we say whatever, and you you just go, you try, right? What what's 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 gonna happen? They're gonna say no. Then what? You try, right? Um, I it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about this. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I have this conversation because it's it's for me. I even if I have a daughter, that's one thing that they'll grow up knowing. Do not self eliminate. I feel I've seen my experience right now has has showed me that more than anything, it's the timidity in us women. We we self eliminate most of the time, even when we have a chance. I'm not saying we have got a fair chance. No, we do not. Things could be better for women. Opportunities could be more for women. And we have got men who undermine women, who take advantage. I just shared my experience of, 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 of the unprofessionalism experience. Right. But if I, I took that to heart and took that personally and said, it's, it's my problem is Belinda and I'm not going to, 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 to overcome or take this on, then that's it. That's the end of the story for that particular individual woman. And if it's one woman, then it's all women. Right. So I, I, I would need a whole other podcast to talk about this because I'm so passionate about it. But yeah, it, this is the one thing that I want to add. Um, thank you for the opportunity. And, um, I wish for any woman that's listening, um, to just stop being afraid, right? Really, fear. I feel like it's the it's the biggest enemy. It's the biggest. Then, in the context of science, yeah, guys, <laughs> uh, Africa needs to start doing its own things, right? We need to start doing our own thing. We're not gonna get far riding on the back. Of, of, of the east or the west or whomever. Uh, and the, the moment we wake up to that, it's going to be better. But it's, it's, it starts with us as individuals, as scientists. So, yeah, that's, that's all that I would like to add for now. I love that you said that. Um, and I'm happy that you're willing to come again and let's talk about these issues more. And I love that you have so much like to shed on that. And this has reminded me of, I don't know, I don't know where I had this conversation, but I was overhearing this conversation where, um, someone said, oh, they were saying that for us women, we, we kind of scared to, to ask for promotions or to grow because you are, I don't know, um, if if you have a career uh in whatever whatever space that you are as a woman there's you feel that um you need to take care of your family you you're you're not even you know it's i don't know how to say it in english in Sahili we say bahati that you're already here like you you're lucky that you're already in this space so what are you asking more what is your problem why do you want to grow more aren't you satisfied with where you, you are you know how many there's so many they, they as in for example, I don't know. My sister is in an organization that doesn't have a, 
even a lot of women doesn't have any woman in the in the in leadership and she's the highest in terms of where she is um to to be a woman in that space like she's the highest and both of them would say it's it's it has something to to do with women misbehaving but really it's not that it's just cuz you know when women come into the organization they get um they get harassed <laughs> harassed by men uh until they they give up and they don't want to go on with it but as someone said someone senior to her said to her um it's good it's good that you're here it's good that you've thrived up to here you know those men can be very i know those men can be very annoying and this is a man saying that if you've been able to survive that then you you able you'll be you're able to grow and i love that that was said but at the same time i don't like that it was said like that because um not everybody has the same resilience not everybody has the same exposure when it comes to um you know going through certain challenges that you face through this career path as a woman and uh, i wish people were treated the same i wish people would someone would see and see you as a person not as a woman and, and someone they can take advantage of so as women i feel like uh we are so apologetic of where if we're given us if not even given given if we get to a space and uh we feel like uh, this is enough at least i am better off compared to another woman at least i'm the highest in in terms of a woman being that space but that's not enough i mean there's more as in it, it doesn't mean that if you're here that then you shouldn't crave for more i i want this conversation i want more of this conversation and i love that you brought into it and i hope that we'll have another podcast just talking about this women um not necessarily in science, but just in your career. And I feel like you have so much wisdom to share. So Melinda, thanks, thanks for coming in. And um, I'm hoping that this message uh, will reach out there and we'll have more conversations on this. Bye. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about these issues. Uh, I am very excited for our next podcast where we go talk about women and, and, and leadership and governance because that's a, that's a hot topic that we need to also explore. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank you.